O M me. Hello, my children. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. Oh, Welcome back to Supernatural The Crossroads. I'm your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me, as always, is Ryan Denton. Yo, yo. And Michael Flores. Hello. And we are back from a mini hiatus that Supernatural took, which is always unfortunate. It's we, terrible. It's been about three weeks since our last show. Supernatural is back, and it has pushed the story very, very far in just one episode. I think the last two episodes had a shit ton of reveals a shit ton of lore being pushed, a lot of different events. We are starting to see the end of this season in some ways. We're starting to see where character arcs may go, not just for Jack, but for Mary Winchester. We saw more behind the makings of Apocalypse World. We saw more about Bobby and how he's very different than the version we know. We We saw more about Castiel. I mean, this episode had a shit ton of content. We got a defined line on kind of where we're going at this point, you know? It really does feel like it. They have set up, in this episode, I feel like, more than anything else. We've had a ton of little setups of dominoes. Here's all the different players. Here's all the different elements that are going to come into play in Season 13 and possibly beyond. But in this one, it really felt like we can kind of see the end line or at least the overarching what is going to happen as far as the main threat. What's going to happen with Michael? What's going to happen potentially with Jack? Possibly foreshadowing ultimate ends for a couple of characters well if season 12 is any example of what to expect in terms of the ending dab likes those uh those rapid succession endings where one thing happens one thing happens leads into the next and then boom we're done i'm hoping we do that again because if you see the ending of season 12 was tight it was strong so i I definitely that literally sounds like my love life just rapid succession and then over and over and then you know, done. Done. Yeah. So boom, boom, boom done. Boom, boom, you done. come for yeah. 42 minutes, but only the last two minutes matter. <laughs> yes. That's a, that is a lot of jizz. Ryan had to think for a second. I was like, like wait that. a second. You I'm, came I'm, to your apartment for 42 oh, minutes of fun and only the last two minutes I matter. I like your gotcha. sexual math. Yeah. I was, like, correctly. I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't equate. That does not compute. Um, you know what though? Like, I truly do believe that th- that that's what's going to happen, though, Mike. Like it's going to be boom, 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 and then there's the the finale, and yeah. we're going to be like, uh, uh, shit. Yeah. Like where did those episodes go? That's like, what happened last year. Yep. Well, if like Mike said, if season twelve is anything to be based on, the last two ap- episodes, if they do another hour long 
kind of setup like they did last season. That's right. going to be an emotional roller coaster we haven't been on probably since the end of season 12, which if that kind of becomes what Dab's known for, I'm 100% on board with that. Yeah. Finale should feel epic and huge and and traumatic and and memorable mm-hmm. the and a exact lot of what, opposite of my penis and sex right yeah. <laughs> yes. it's very true me and ryan have a lot more in common than yeah we, uh, had we, ever, we thought. ever thought yeah <laughs> you've got a curved dick and i've got you know just what i got going on down here we don't cross over to other shows yeah okay? we do. this no. is a, yeah this is rayman digital we cross over <laughs> But if that's what we get from the end of the season, I think the things they have set up throughout this year mm-hmm. are going to be huge. The, the fact that you could have a cross-dimensional war that we've never seen before, where right. as we have a little bit of lore given to us from Zachariah, which was fun to see his return, sort of. Yeah-ish. It, like, I wanted yeah. more of that, but we'll get to that. That Jack has the potential to let an entire army over this entire dimensional barrier. Well... You know, we knew he was powerful, but man. But then again, if it makes me think of Billy saying and death saying the whole don't fuck with this house of cards. If yeah. one or two people transversing these dimensions could have untold ramifications, imagine an entire legion. Yeah, oh, boy. I thought about that, too, because it, I'm kind of getting the idea that um, that Jack wants to save that world. But what if this is the actually actually the meaning behind billy's words don't mess in other universes maybe things were meant to be this way here for whatever reason that only the cosmos can understand you know don't actually start fixing things that shouldn't be fixed you have your problems here this is how it should have been and this is exactly how it should have been here well it's the it's the theory of the multiverse and that's pretty much proven in this episode that any decision could have dramatic ramifications and cause an entire different series of of events to unfold and in this episode, we find out that comes down to one choice Mary made. So I kind of agree with you, Mike. I think no matter what, this is how this universe is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. For better or worse, whether you want to, quote, save it or not, this is how it was always supposed to happen over here. Yeah. Because without them losing over here, you wouldn't have them win in our prime version of Earth. In order, in order to beat them over here, we must... Suck def- them over here. Oh. Yeah. What is this like? The supernatural of George Bush edition? Well, what I just this is stupid. What I love is that it, it that world had to have the opposite. So it was it, so did all the decisions on that world be opposite? That's kind of what I was kind of curious about. Like, it seems like it all came from one yeah. specific one, event. Yeah. So in that world, Ryan has a big penis. Yeah, right. Like I am huge. Yeah. Oh, huge. And my penis is not bent. Yeah, it's straight. <laughs> straight as an arrow. <laughs> Maybe a little slight up curve because that's good. Ugh. That's a good thing. All right, so. <laughs> Yes. is it time, and Ryan, is it time to start possibly doing our annual predictions on whether or not someone's going to die and who Mm. it will be? I think we get one more episode when we do it. You want to save it for the next week's episode? Let's do it next week. Before we go in our other hiatus for another two weeks? Yes. Fucking God Yes, let's leave him with something, you know, leave him with a little teasing, you know, just a little in there, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, just then we'll come back large and in charge. Okay. I like that. Right. I, I I kind of agree with Ryan. I think there's too many pieces in play yeah. to make an accurate prediction. I feel like right now we'd just be so, taking a guess in the dark. So wait, so... We, I think Rowena's going to die again. Uh, but, then, <laughs> but then next week so, she'll announce it on Tumblr. She's back. Uh, on 4chan. Um, so when... It, okay, I, I, for some reason I'm like so excited about the Scooby-Doo episode. So when the fuck is that episode? Two weeks. 
So we got to we got we got three weeks, I guess. Then technically, now we got to fucking wait because we've got next week's show, right? And then the episode after next week's oh. is the Scooby Doo. But there's a two week break. Son of a bitch. Yeah, that's bullshit. These breaks suck. Yeah, it's weird, right? This it's year, it's a little odd. I mean, we always get those sporadic breaks during the second half of the season. But I don't remember them like coming back for one or two episodes, then taking another. They don't do it every break. year. I think they do it every two years, like this, because of the Olympics. Everybody, Maybe. everybody yeah. usually takes time off during the Olympics because for some reason somebody to watch it. Somebody got it in their head that everybody on this planet watches the Olympics. The, dude, I didn't watch one Do part of the Olympics. Fuck. Yeah, what? What the fuck is curling? Like seriously? Um, uh, never shit. mind. For fat, overweight dads to fucking <laughs> moms got <laughs> bored with mopping in Alaska. Yeah. Dad bods. Um, yeah, dad bods. How do you make mopping fun? That's what curling is. <laughs> They're making up shit. At this point. Yeah, kind of like season seven. They sh- is, oh. is whack is is whacking off like an Olympic sport because I feel like I could get a gold medal on that one. <laughs> now we, I think do it is snowflakes little- come out of your dick. <laughs> it's <laughs> only in winter Olympics. Yeah. Summer Olympics, it's fire. <laughs> blue, not blue, blue fire. Blue blue not, not blue fire. No, <laughs> that'd be weird. that'd be an STD. I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's disgusting anyway uh, i think it's a little too early to make predictions on who might bite it by the end of the season <laughs> however i do think not like that <laughs> i do think we're getting really close to that concept because yeah. we see that with a lot of castiel's dialogue and actions in this episode and he's honestly perhaps the character i was the most impressed with this week from yep. a writing standpoint it's I was, old school i oh dude it was so good it felt like I was watching an older season again, or yeah. like they had they had finally taken his character down a logical path for the events that were unfolding. Yeah, making it hard decisions, sense. hard decisions that nobody are, else wanted to. that are logical. It's not hard decisions so that we can create drama. Decisions that actually make sense that I think any soldier would make. Honestly, I mean, the, the, and in Donatello had zero soul, no zero chance of recovering. Just end it. And that's the thing is, it's it's something that. Honestly, part of me would imagine Sam and Dean years ago would have probably been a lot quicker to do. And now they've kind of gotten soft in some ways. They've they've definitely grown as hunters and as people, but they've had too many successes, I feel. They've had too many times where they pulled it out at the last minute, and so they not like that. And so they think they can make it work again. We'll figure it out has always been their kind of motto. And you're right, Castile made a tough decision that nobody else wanted to do, but it was clearly the best one the only one really that they had so with with him setting the table as far as where the story is going to go i think we'll be able to tell soon probably next week i mean we also saw jack his powers go full bore really and get to see some of where he's potentially going for the season or for his entire storyline. Yeah, he's harnessing some of that Skywalker ability this Dude, episode. Yep. Yeah, there was so there's so much Star Wars oh, yeah. parallels to him and everything he's about. This is the Star Wars generation. Everybody at this point has watched Star Wars. They grew up with it. They and now all, they hate it. They all like it <laughs> until this last movie. Until last Jedi. <laughs> um, but you always see those uh, those cues from Star Wars being taken in a lot of pop culture. But Supernatural, I mean, as we always discuss, Kripke's very core concept of yeah. Dean Winchester and Jared were, or Dean Winchester and Sam were Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Yeah, it's so, coming full circle. Yeah, I love it. You know, and one of the other things that we had a lot of insight into finally was the apocalypse earth 
mostly through Bobby, seeing a bit more of his version of events. A we, subdued Bobby. A subdued Bobby. A very different, different version. Very different than what we're used to, which is both good and bad in some ways. It's good from a storyline standpoint. It's bad from what fans want, but frankly... We shouldn't be making these decisions in the first place. Right. So when it comes to Bobby, we would have made poor decisions probably because of fanboyness. Yeah. So and I can get behind the subdued Bobby. I know there was some. Uh, we'll talk about it more after yeah, we, our break. We, we but, talked about it in our chat. I yeah. wanted to bring that. We'll bring that up. Yeah. Well, speaking of Bobby coming back, Jim Beaver spoke with Variety about his return to Supernatural yet again. And anybody who's been watching the show since day one, pretty much. Bobby has returned in some capacity or another over the entire length of the show. Yeah. This is the first time that he's him, but not him. Right. Which we spoke about at the end of season 12 is probably the best way you could do it. We still want to know what happened to real Bobby. our real Bobby who hasn't been seen since season 10 chronologically. Mm-hmm. But in order to bring some life into this character while still allowing the actor to come back, having a different version, a different take on him is probably the best thing to have. So they asked him, how important is it for you as an actor to come back to the show in this new way rather than to constantly resurrect or the regular version of Bobby and risk diluting the impact of his death? And Thomas, that's the reason why I put this in the show notes, because it's something th- we've talked. This about. is something we talk yeah, about talk at length all the, time, all the time. So I every figured, time it shows up. Yeah. So I figured that'd be a great point to actually focus on from that interview, because that was honestly the most interesting question in the entire interview. Yeah, he says, I get a lot of communication from people who are seeing this show for the first time. Because the nature of how we are able to see television programs has changed so much since Supernatural has been on, it's very easy to start from the beginning. Audiences are constantly having the impact of Bobby's death or any other powerful moment on the show. That's never going to be lost because somebody's always going to be starting the show and working their way through it. So with that in mind and the fact that I really, 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 really love playing the character. I love that. I know, right? It's it's fun to see them actually give a shit so much yeah. about a character, about a role, about their the integrity of that character, rather yeah. than some other actors we know who are just kind of there. They're just and they collecting and, a paycheck. And they're asking, what do you think about it? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? What do you yeah. guys think about my character? <laughs> what do you think? Oh, wait, I never watched Supernatural, except my episodes. Yeah. Right? And during post-production I was when I was doing those. ADR. <laughs> I was in those. And because my hair looked good. Yeah. He says, I think it's perfectly in tune to the nature of the show that Bobby return in any nature that they want to bring him back. Obviously, if this were Homeland or House of Cards or the Mary Tyler Moore show, it would not only be ridiculous, but impossible to keep bringing the character back. As a dramatist myself, I'm very aware of the value of the impact of the character's death. But as far as I'm concerned, that ship has sailed with Supernatural because Bobby died in season seven. And here we are six seasons later, and he's been in every single one of them. Yeah, but see, his argument is the exact opposite of ours. Yeah. Like his reasoning makes sense, but it's just from a totally different perspective. He's saying that people are going to rewatch the show every year. New people are coming in. So him coming back doesn't matter. But eventually those new people coming in are going to catch up. Right. It's kind of it's kind of weird logic. I get it. But at the same time. I the, the, I, I want to disagree. I think he really loves the character and he's probably and not seeing fun. past that. I think the fact of the matter is as an actor, you can want to play the role as much as anybody will let you. But I think it kind of comes down to a showrunner and writer standpoint that you have to control when and how those returns come about. 
as we see with Bizarro Apocalypse Earth Bobby, it makes sense because it's him, but it's not him. Yeah. It's you get to play this character again, but it serves the purpose yeah. of the story in some way. We've seen we've seen multiple characters on the on this show play a different version of themselves. And I think with this one or or see have someone play someone else, if that makes sense. You know, someone's you we've know. seen Castiel as Lucifer. We've right. seen John Winchester as Azazel. Right. So we've seen a, we've seen this multiple times. I think this is the first time we've actually seen Bobby come back and not actually be our Bobby. And I the think the same but different. Yeah. And I think you know a lot of people felt that maybe it, he was a little weird or a little too, you know, d- different. I guess would be you know air quote different. But the thing is, it's it's not our Bobby. So yeah. what we're expecting to see and what we think we're going to see isn't going to be the same. And I think that was where people were just kind of confused about the whole thing. I liked it. I thought it was cool. So much more has happened to this Bobby and he's going to have, he's going to be different. And he's going to be different is the nature of the yeah. character at this point. I, I do agree. I think I agree with you, Mike. I think he's looking at it as a different perspective. The fact that people the, the changing how we watch television shouldn't change how a story is written in my perspective. Yes, we can binge it. And yes, people can start anytime they want to go on. Just like any book can be read by anybody hundreds of years later. That doesn't mean you should change the way in which you have a character die. Story progression. The story, the story Story progression. progression. Yeah. That still should be the same. I think this is the biggest difference between why Bizarro Bobby works and in some respects, I know we love her character, but Rowena felt a yeah. little ham-fisted that, oh, yeah, she's just alive again. Don't worry about it. We know you guys love her. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But we, I still stand by the fact that if she had died in season 11 when Lucifer killed her, that would have been tragic for Crowley. It would have meant so much more to him. Yep. It, it would have had more impact to the story and its progression rather than we love her. Let's see her again next season. Right. You know, Bobby's works where they can kind of dance around that issue in some way. But again, they've done a good job so far. Hopefully they keep that moving forward. And I mean, we actually talked a little bit about the apocalypse Bobby versus our Bobby and what we can expect from that. If you guys are members of Patreon, thank you very much. If not, head on over to patreon.com slash Digital, where you can get all kinds of additional Supernatural-related news. For just a dollar a month, we do 10 Minutes at the Crossroads, which is where we talked about Apocalypse Bobby, where we've talked about Crowley and his tribute and contribution to the show. Little things like what does Adam and Michael's possible return when that was being rumored just a few weeks ago have to do with the show and where they could take that. If you guys go up to $3 a month, we have all that plus behind the scenes content and additional shows where we talk about, I think we're doing the season two on Timeless. This weekend, uh, Eric Kripke's Timeless premieres and we will be covering that. show saved from death. Yep. We'll be covering that on a special Patreon bonus show under the $3 tier. That sounds like a Mike and Thomas just blow festival. Jerk off. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) I know you guys pretty well. Also, I'll I'll go gay for Kripke. I think I, a lot of us will. Would, yeah, I, I actually. I'd you know, rub that bald head. I would work the <laughs> shaft. One? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. For the $5 tier, guys, we do the same exact shows, the Crossroads Wayward Sisters edition, where we talk about the main cast for the hopeful spinoff well, show. When there's news. Wayward Sisters, when there's news. We've talked about Jody Mills and her origin, as well as Sheriff Donna. 
and what she's brought to the story, where her character has gone from the beginning to where she is now. Of course, the $10 video cast here, we do additional video episodes of the same style show going all the way back to season one. Upcoming this month, we've got season one, episode 12, Faith, and season one, episode 13, Route 666. Oh, that's going to be a good one. As well as we go into discussions about what other seasons have done well, what other showrunners have done well. We've talked about season six at length, but we're going to get into Carver's successes throughout season eight. His carved up season eight. His non-carved up. Non-carved. I know. This was Sli- like Carver's sliced. wins is yeah, what it's called. Yeah. This, one's, this is slightly carved. Congrats, Carver. Anyway, if you guys go to the $15 tier, thank you very much. But you also get additional live video shows of all yeah. the Patreon we do, access to an exclusive page, and everything I've listed below. So if you guys are interested in all of that, head on over to patreon.com slash Digital. We're going to take a quick well, break. Well, hold on really We're fast. Not before we go to that. break. Before we go to Thomas break. Thomas isn't very good I at his also, job. Guys. I want to address <laughs> I want to address a situation that came to my attention. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I am given information based on cancellations on Patreon and they have an exit interview. Reasons why people cancel is given to me via an email and I don't know names, so you don't have to worry about it. They actually give me just a report and uh, we had a couple cancellations last month and it said we're not living up to our reward promise. And I just want to say, I'm like, do you cancel your cable when The Walking Dead goes off the air for four months? Well, do you (laughs) cancel during the summertime your cable, your Hulu, your Netflix, whenever your favorite show is off the air? No, you keep it because it's going to come back. I'm up till three or four in the morning. Okay, getting shows out there. And sometimes people get sick. Thomas. Me. That was on me, guys. And we can't get all of our stuff out, but we make up for it. One month, you may have one show shy, but the following month, you're going to have double. We always always catch up. We try to. Never not. Yeah, we we never not. Yeah. Think of it as, and I was actually, I'm not going to lie, I was a little uh, peeved about the cancellation because of that. Now, people's finances change. I get it. But canceling because we're not fulfilling our rewards. I'm like, what do you want for me? Like, see, I'm about to fucking die over here. He yeah, you guys, you guys don't understand. Like, Mike is constantly in the 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 room back there, the dungeon back there, Just editing today, shit. Yeah, we thought he had a stroke because he couldn't I get did. his words right. Yeah, he, we, no joke. That's not even a fucking joke. That's, that's not a joke. Yeah. We <laughs> so thought he died. Like, we may not get everything out within the time frame, but it always comes out and it's doubled. We make up for it. Yeah. So bear with us. Yeah, We're trying, guys. We will never not give you guys the content you have paid for. It just may take a little longer. Yeah, we may not have cool, you know, karaoke videos, but we do we do pretty <laughs> cool discussions. I mean, if you guys want us to do that, I mean, I feel like I could do some I really think Ryan's already done We're not going to do that. Ever. I'm just kidding. Ryan's maybe for a joke. Actually, you know what? You know what? Just for that, Ryan, you're going to do a karaoke video fully produced. Done. There we go. Let's do it. I'll fucking do get, it. Someone get a green screen. I'm... Just dying in your arms tonight. I like how he has his song already yeah. ready. It's already yeah. planned. Yeah. I know. Jesus fucking Christ. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man. You? I don't think I do. <laughs> Good God. I'm just amazed that Tony could fall asleep during a show. I know. I, I didn't. Ex- Is he awake right now? I can't see him. His eyes are too squinty. I'm not certain. 
Oh, that's racist. <laughs> that should be a meme. That should be a meme. Can someone take a picture of Tony and say, okay. I'm not, not sure if he's sleeping or if he's just Asian. I'll sneak him. <laughs> I'm looking off into the horizon. I'll Are sneak you? a picture later. Maybe that's why I didn't know he was asleep. You I was, was looking off into the horizon. I thought it was just Asianized. Yeah. For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. This is Star Wars from the Butter Tank Exclusive. That's operation. Dave to promote Last Jedi still. And every interview, he's justifying Star Wars. N- number one, a director that's confident in his work doesn't justify his work. He sh- he's not confident in it. Yeah. He's not confident in his work, and that's why he's justifying it at in every single interview. George Lucas never d- defended his work. Oh, you don't like Jar Jar? Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's still gonna be around. Yeah. You don't like all this CGI, guess what? I'm gonna just double it. I'm gonna kill you and make you CGI. For more details. And get ready for an excitingly good time. Also, if you've missed our last show, you can also find us on your Stitcher app. Search back to take. That is to your favorites. Thank you, and we will see you very soon. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD, plus free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. Have you missed an episode of Supernatural The Crossroads? Catch up on all our discussions. Just search Supernatural The Crossroads on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find it on the RMD app. Just search Rain Man Digital from your iTunes app store or Google Play. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. Come on, let's be honest. The ratings in it increase due to the One Tree Hill fans. I mean, those, yes, it did, those, bro. That ra- show was amazing. Those rabid One Tree Hill mm-hmm. fans. Mm, man, they can definitely. I know so many people who talk long Dude, about. I don't even know what that show is Seven about. Seven Tree Lane, whatever the fuck. I, I just think it's funny that they're trying to attribute the ratings right. bump to One show Tree that Hill fans. Watched. Yeah, that was it. That's what did it, guys. A show that's not no longer on TV. Hey, guys, let's cast some more alumni from One Tree Hill. It really works. Could it possibly be the nonstop promotion? 
Man, that show is so good. Who else was on it? I don't even, I never watched I it. I think we're onto something. Yes. Forget the fucking casting department. <laughs> yeah. Let's just troll the IMDb page for One Tree Hill and randomly pick old actors from that show. Bring them back. Yeah. It's just a great idea. It's a show that everyone loved. It's a ratings win. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. I'm, I don't even we know We laugh, on this but show. you guys do sound like producers. Like, that would think that's a good oh, idea. Oh, I guarantee that's, exactly that's how what that it sounds like. It's like they're like, um, yeah, man, so, like, the Danelia, whatever, whatever her name is, uh, she really uh, made our ratings go up. We should just, like, hire everyone from One Tree Hill. I like how the producer's a 24-year-old surfer. <laughs> <laughs> or lives in Canada. Or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. What? <laughs> what? I hope it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. That's awesome. Uh, Christ. He decided to quit fighting Shredder and produce movies. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Supernatural The Crossroads. Now we're going to get into the discussion of Season 13, Episode 14, Good Intentions. Ryan, do you have a synopsis for us? Uh, Sure. Let me pull that right up here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> every week. It's the same thing every week. Yeah, it is. But, you know, like the don't notes you feel like his around. dad? A little bit. Like, don't you ever learn. <laughs> Man, God, you guys are messed up. I'm going to let you fail on that directed by. Uh, the Winchesters, Castello and Donatello continue trying to find a way to open a rift, which begins to take its toll on Donatello. Meanwhile, in Apocalypse World, Mary and Jack escape Michael and find refuge with Bobby Singer. Who is this one directed by, Thomas? P.J. Pesci. Oh, look at him. Yeah. Hey. Shouldn't have answered me earlier when I asked. <laughs> I know. I shouldn't have said anything. Wait, I, I don't. Fucked. Wait, what is it? It's pretty sure it's P.J. Pesci. We think. Or it could be I Pesky. Assume. But I'm pretty sure Pesci. it's Pesci. Yeah. Is that? <laughs> there it is. McLeod. McLeod. Now, Meredith Glynn wrote this one as well. She has definitely improved over the time that we've seen her. Because we've we her very first episode, we were not really big fans of. Of. Not many people were, unfortunately, but everything she's done since then has been very good. And she has definitely become she she has grown a specific style yeah. to Supernatural of mixing some lighthearted fun. And she definitely loves to give Dean some comedic moments, but also mixing a very dark reality to a lot of her episodes. And I think this it, it came to a point in this episode, primarily because we see so much of where the season's going to go where the show theoretically as a whole to the very end could go. We we know we only have what nine episodes. You said, Mike, it's Uh, 23 total. Yeah. 23 total episodes for the season. Nine left of this, this one. Then it's time to get things back. Nine. Here we go. (laughs) The back nine. It's time for it. And to see some of this move forward in the way it did it, it's very disturbing in a way we got a lot more view of apocalypse world the reason why it might be more important than we originally thought the ramifications of what decisions have been made within the world of prime supernatural i guess that's what we would call it all right the prime world of supernatural the ramifications of some of those decisions and how it could affect the rest of the world mm-hmm. in this one i mean that's that's what we find out in this one yeah the importance of mary winchester's decision could you imagine real quick being the one person who one choice you made a huge decision Mm -hmm. but that one decision damns or saves the entire world yeah 
Hitler's dad can relate. He should have pulled out. <laughs> yeah, he should have he had strong pullout game, but he didn't. He was like, no, I'm going to do it. He was selfish either. for those He's two all, seconds. That ass is just too good. <laughs> this is for the Jews. <laughs> oh, my God. Just kidding. What? You okay? What the? Oh, my was, God. Relax, it's Thomas. terrible. Relax. <laughs> fucking terrible you always know when i'm shocked and i'm laughing when there's no when there's just silence Uh, whatever good it's not gonna change anything ryan and i are horrible on shows together yeah we are because i set it up and he just takes it over the top i take it every time terrible people I'm glad we weren't in school together. We would be. Oh, dude. We would have been expelled. Dude, we would have been the two kids that would like. egg each other up. Yeah. We one up each other. The the teacher would tell us to shut up. And then I'd I'd do this move where I'd like put my head down. I'd start laughing. And then he'd probably start laughing. And then we'd we'd get in trouble. If you put your head down and I was sitting next to you, I'd be poking you in the ribs. So you start laughing. (laughs) Yep. That's That's exactly what would happen. Jesus Christ. And Thomas is just a nerd getting picked on. I'm just like, will these two fucking (laughs) shut up? Well, are you sure he's a nerd getting picked on? Or is he the kid that everyone forgets about? Probably that. Oh yeah. Hey, Jill, you remember me? I, I'm in uh, yeah. science class. It's like ten second year- period. Yeah, second period. We no, had English. No, it doesn't ring a bell. We had English. Who, who are you? I actually sat next to you. I let Do you, you borrow a pencil school? every single day. Like the tallest motherfucker that's easily forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Just they call security because she doesn't recognize me. I don't know, dude. It makes no sense to me. Yep. Yeah, that's know. my life. Yeah, Anywho, does your girlfriend forget about you sometimes? No. Yes. <laughs> She forget he exists. She's like, who am I in bed with? Who the fuck is this? And that's why she hits me. Oh, oh my God. That, was, that got dark. Not, no. 90% of the time she thinks she's single. <laughs> she, oh, wait, I have a boyfriend. 90% oh, of the shit. time she, people slide in the DMs and she forgets. <laughs> anyway, oh, back to decisions that matter. Unlike whether or not there's three hosts on this show. Unlike you. Yeah, exactly. I just oh! said that. I Could you imagine two hosts? Yeah. Could you imagine having that kind of decision that weigh on suck, you, though? Dude, no Not way. only to theoretically think about it, but to know for a fact, like Mary now does, that your decision, damned if you do, damned if you don't, with that one thing. There was no, yeah. so far, there's no good way that ever ended for her. She, in order to stop the apocalypse on one hand, she had to sacrifice one of her children to be Lucifer's plaything, essentially. Mm-hmm. To go into the cage, to theoretically, because that's where the story could have ended, be tormented forever. For her to die and never raise her children in order to save the world. And we've we've gone back and forth with this concept a lot. This Yes, these the what ifs. What if she didn't do it? What if she did? Well, we have now a shining example if she didn't. And the most interesting part about this episode, and this is Meredith Glenn all over it, Mm -hmm. is what does this say about Mary's decision? It changes our very perspective completely on Mary because for a long time, we always make the jokes about her being the one to screw over entire family. In fact, she has voiced that throughout the 12th season when she returned regret, the regret, the the guilt, uh, the weight that it puts on her knowing that she did that to her children. Un- yeah, unknowingly did something John horrible. Through that. Yes, and now she had to live her entire life without her kids. She, but then you find out that, that it needed to happen. Otherwise, the world would it be would be destroyed. Yeah. It would not be the world we're living in today. So to see them ch- change that perspective and make the decision kind of a, a good decision. I never well, thought like, she was foolish yeah. because she made it to save her dad. Right? She made it to and, save. 
her dad to save John. And who wouldn't do that? Yeah. yeah. But it always comes back to that decision. And to see that that decision kind of needed, it needed yeah. to happen based well, on destiny. It, it's It flips everything. And it flips, you know, your your thought process on like, you know, I can't believe she would do that to her kid. But when you find out when it's flipped on you like that, like, hey, this actually had to happen. Or you think about all the, the turns of events that, that happened because of that. Her sons become the saviors of the world. All these things, you know, come to fruition in, in, and their destiny was the fact that she made this deal. And none of this would have happened that the apocalypse wouldn't have been, you know, thwarted. None of this. Yeah. So when you look at it that way, it's like, you know, because you, like you said, Mike, we've always made a joke about, you know, like her making that deal and like, you know, but at the end of the day, when they flip it on you like, like that, you're like, well, fuck, man. She like, kind of made the right yeah, decision. The right well, decision. I mean, yeah. Bobby flat out says, I would say you made the right one. And while yeah. we do kind of give Mary some shit, especially with how she acted during a lot of season it's 12. It's mostly for jokes. It, yeah. It's a lot of it's for jokes. But we also know that she didn't know how yeah. things were going to play out. Exactly. Right. right. You know, Azazel asks for a favor and one day he's going to collect. But when she saw him in Sam's crib in the room with she him. died for Sam. She tried to stop it and she got killed for it. Yeah. So she never was like, well, I guess I'm just going to sacrifice this one. Better have two kids. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like there was never that intention. Come on, it, was, John. it was always trying to do the right thing. And I think in some ways that does, you know, lessen the guilt, lessen the yeah. angst of, did I make that right choice? Did, if you think you did the wrong thing your entire life, and you hear all the horrible things that happen to your kids after the fact. You'd honestly think, was it worth it? Did I do the right thing? What if, but to know now that you could have made a far worse decision, not only would your kids not even exist, but look at all the other terrible things that would happen. What, what yeah. if she was like, after Bobby told her that, she's like, well, well, that's a great, that's great news. Let me go talk to Michael and go ahead and hand over Jack here and we'll see where that goes oh. too. <laughs> I was on the fence about this decision. Yeah, but now but, I'm like, well, fuck it. I made the right one before, you know, you know, we can just hand over Jack, whatever, you know. He completely just goes the other way. <laughs> just she was on the fence about a decision. Then she, she just trusts her gut and yeah. says, fuck it. Just flip flops and does it. I love how it's just so biblical. I mean, the New Testament and the Old All Testament right. kind of mash up. I mean, prom the promising the of a child. Of Jesus. Yeah. Promising of a child of a certain bloodline that will save humanity. Well, first off, it shows the understanding that Dab has and Meredith Glenn it shows their understanding of what Kripke did first. It right. shows that they understand where some of these root ideas come from and not just the the overt ones. Well, oh, we're going to pull from Bible mythology and we're going to utilize it in a monster of the week. Hey, we're just like Kripke. No, no they're using more to that. They're using core fundamentals. Of Christianity and utilizing it to tell their story. Well, there's a difference between ripping off, okay, Leviathan was something in the Bible, let's use that. Or right. we know that the Whore of Babylon was something it's in the themes, Bible. Right. Themes. It's thematic, the yes. storytelling element of the Bible. You know, the the John 3.16 verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Hmm. The very idea behind the concept of Jesus that God gave his son in order to save everyone. Mary did the same thing. You know, she gave, I loved it. It that that's how you it, do it. That's the, what Kripke had from the very beginning whether or not he had a whole plan together. This entire idea of taking those themes and running with it in a way that makes sense for the characters in a world that we can relate to. Yeah. To make the Bible far more relatable. 
it's fucking brilliant. It's the strength of the entire episode was that reveal. Yes. And how it's turning the tables on us and we see the importance of it and maybe potential implications of what it may mean. We keep hearing the importance of Sam and Dean. These are the special individuals. The, the What was the word Chuck the chosen. used? The chosen ones. Is this what he means? The fact that Mary is almost like Mary mm-hmm. and giving birth to a Messiah of sorts that will save but she has to sacrifice first before you can save mankind. I mean, holy Jesus shit, dude. Christ, literally. I mean, you could go, you can go so deep with this. And and if this isn't a mistake. This is planned. Even if they're not going to go the route we're talking about right now, they don't need speculating. To, the fact is, this isn't a mistake. This is purely intentional, planned writing based on the core foundation of where Supernatural started and expanding the world where it matters. Well, because normally this would be something that a lot of shows have tried to do biblical lore or biblical allegory and make it work for their story. And frankly, they fuck it up a lot. Most shows a lot of fun. Immediately what I think of is, uh, spoilers, Sons of Anarchy, trying to have this pseudo Jesus figure that makes no fucking sense other than you said it is at the end of the story. The idea. I completely missed that. Oh, come on, with the cross? At the end? Yeah. The end, yes. The very end, that whole thing. They just staple it on at the end, and it kind of undoes a lot of the work. The guy that murders people, rapes people, pillages, does drugs. Yeah, he's christ Oh, he's a Christ figure. (laughs) Fucking what? And to think that you can do that and not fuck it up, that that takes a lot of guts to try and do that. We've seen a little bit where they've taken something else biblical with the Mark of Cain. And how it's changed some characters that we know of. The idea that the Mark of Cain influenced Lucifer, for example. Yeah, you're, yes, that's Not a perfect always example. does it work. No, it doesn't. And because these types of things are hard to do. Very hard to do and do correctly. And the Mary aspect, all that works. They did a good job. That's a good example. Because it changes the story, but doesn't change. It, it adds doesn't, to the story. It adds to the story. It doesn't take away. It directly goes back to season four, that very episode, and has that episode's moment where she makes that decision have so much more meaning years down the road. Yeah, it's an element that doesn't leave room for speculation. It expands the lore. Whereas yeah. with the the, the uh, Mark of Cain, which is another example of kind of changing what we changing thought we established knew. rules. Right. In fact, that's one of your complaints, one of my complaints, even though the Mark of Cain was cool, the concept was great, but none of us really liked the idea that Lucifer bore the Mark of Cain as well, and that helped nudge him in his direction or his downward spiral. And that's when you compare those two, the the Mary perspective and the Lucifer perspective, one works really well because it doesn't change anything. It just gives you a different perspective. Whereas with the Lucifer, it kind of takes away everything you think about. It changes literally everything about Lucifer in general. It it changes the fact that, you know, in the Bible, he made these decisions because of a certain reason. Now it's like, well, he had the mark of Cain on him. You know, that totally is why it pushed him in the direction, you know, pop out. Yeah. And I think it creates unneeded sympathy a bit. Yeah. Right. And I think the thing is too, that, that I think, yes, I I agree with both you guys, but I think sometimes you got to understand too, they've got to change some things and I think, oh, no, I agree. And, I'm, and I'm not saying that, you know, you guys didn't. I'm just saying, like, there's certain things, like, for example, one of the ones we use all the time is that the angels ended up being dickheads. You know, right. and like, and that's, I think that was a change that needed to happen, and it actually worked out for the best. And I mm-hmm. think, at the end of the day, you have to change some things because 
if everything is is based straight off biblical and it's one hundred percent identical, it's like, well, I know where this is going. Plus, you're going on thirteen years. You got right. you got to you, evolve. You've yeah, got to yeah. evolve. And I think you know with what they did with with this whole with Mary and 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 was awesome. And I think they did a really cool job of flipping it on us by you know going that route with her decision and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think. At the end of the day, sure, things have to change. And, and and this is something we talk about, too, a lot on DC on CW with, like, characters from comic books. They'll make a slight change to them or change, like, what they do or their name or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like, as a fan of something like this, I think you have to change it for a good reason. And if if the reason makes sense and it doesn't kill the story, yeah. like you were saying, mm-hmm. I think that's a good change. So I, you know, the Mark of Cain, that one was definitely, like you said, Thomas, a total cop out. Yeah. And well, yeah. And if you don't evolve, Ryan, like you're saying we should, because I do agree, because if we don't allow ourselves to evolve, we write ourselves into, into, a into a corner and the show never would have lasted 13 yeah. years. So there's got to be changes, but those changes have to make sense. And honestly, when in doubt, use the Kripke era as your guideline. That's your foundation. Yeah. Don't ever break that foundation and go underneath it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're all going to hit a septic so tank and sh- get covered in shit. Live in a trailer? Wow, is yep. this Joe Dirt? Apparently. <laughs> Show me them boobies. But some of the aspect, <laughs> some of the decision making aspect, we get to see the exact ramifications penis. of. <laughs> we get to see a penis, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. I don't want to see In that Michael's a dick. Get it? It's a metaphor. <laughs> wow, what a funny joke. Apocalypse Earth is the exact events that happen when she doesn't make that decision. And we get to see how yeah. that affects not only just the world, but we get to see it in specific people, i.e. Bobby. Right. And that was perhaps one of the biggest complaints I saw from some of the fandom was that Bobby felt too different. Other characters like the return sort of of Zachariah was too different. These aren't the characters that I know of. Why have they become different? Well, at the same time, guys, it's kind of obvious to some respect because it's an entirely different dimension. Now, we got to see him a little bit different. He was still Bobby, but he was definitely a man forged through fire, forged through the end of the world. He has seen some fucking shit. He doesn't have the jovial nature. He doesn't have perhaps any of the fatherly figure, fatherly behavior he developed by having Sam and Dean in his life. You know, this is truly a world without the Winchesters and without them, it affects everybody, not just on what happened to the planet, but personal growth for characters as well, which I think is a, is a good way to show how much these characters mean to everyone else in the story. You need to have that aspect, you know, the the fact that they change who we are, that Bobby is a different person because he does not have that interaction with Sam and Dean. Now, I'm not sure what you think about this, Ryan, but did, how did Bobby feel to you? So I said it earlier, you know, I didn't have a problem with him. And I, and I think, I think he, he, if we would have got the Bobby that we know from our earth or earth prime or whatever you want to call it. And he acted the way he did in this episode, I would have been really miffed. I would have been like, whoa, where is this coming from? But because we have literally a different Bobby from a different earth, who's experienced different things. Um, I was okay with the way he was portrayed. And I think one of the things that we have to understand, and I said it earlier too as well, is that you've got characters, you know, people who have played themselves and played a multiple different character and played the same character seven different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, 
this is uh, uh, Jim Beaver's shot at playing Bobby, but playing a completely different version of him. And and I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with that. You know, people were like, well, he seemed different. I'm like, well, well because he, he, is, fucking he different. is fucking different. He's not the same fucking character. Yeah, as I, much as you want him to be, he's not. I mean, fuck his gun is named Rufus. Uh, Rufus <laughs> isn't even a person Yeah, now. he's not a person. He's, he's a, a fucking gun. gun. Like, I think people, we love Jim Beaver and we love Bobby so much that what we wanted was a full-on glimpse of Bobby just in Apocalypse World. Yeah, and Ryan, to back you up, Jim Beaver usually is Jim Beaver. Like, yeah. all the roles I've seen him in, he kind of plays the same Jim type Beaver. of guy. Yeah. And in this episode, he was kind of the same guy again, but he was a bit subdued. He was low-key. He right. wasn't over-the-top redneck he didn't say idiots. He didn't do all the things we like. And I'm glad he didn't. That right. would have been pure fan service. He it, needed to be 100%, a yep. guy that was truly forged from the end of the earth. Who wouldn't be different? Who wouldn't be subdued? I didn't want to see no happy-go-lucky anyone on that planet. No, that well, planet needs again, to be people just pissed off and miserable. upset and I would miserable. just be fucking. <laughs> Only happiness left. <laughs> Here's my dick. You want it? Yeah. Doesn't matter. At the same time. And after I saw Jack's power, I'd be going make some Nephilim. Ooh. Oh. He'd be shooting Nephilim all over the place. You only have to wait six months for them to be, you know, battle ready. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I need. But like you said. Come here, Mike, Zachariah. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> it's like you said, Mike. He should be different. We don't want the same, you know, redneck <laughs> Bobby that we've yeah. grown to know and love. Because, again, a lot of his personality was the way it was because he was a father figure to Sam and Dean. If they don't exist, if he never had that, he's never going to be the same, you know, lovable guy that we know. Yeah. And plus, it, it would just be contrived if he was the exact yeah. same Bobby. He needed to be different. And I think in that aspect, they succeeded. And yes, we didn't get a whole lot. He wasn't introduced until around the fourth act, maybe, of the episode. So it wasn't about him. But I think this was kind of a, a reintroduction of Bobby Singer because yeah. I, don't, I don't think we're done. I think we're no. going to see him again, and it's going to be hard not to see him again. As soon as we go back to the Mary and Jack storyline, he's going to be there. He's going to have to be. So he's, this is a new beginning. I think we're just getting to know this Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and what I do, what I do feel about this character is that I think as we go on and as we see more of him, we may see more glimpses of our Bobby in this Bobby. Yeah. And I think the more interactions we have with him and Sam and Dean, we will see that. And I think yeah. we're going to get that eventually. Obviously we have to, um, we'll Watch see him die next episode. Oh, oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Dude. Right. I don't know a if bullet, I, a bullet to the head by Dick Roman, Dick Roman just pops up out <laughs> of nowhere. Apocalypse earth version. Got you again, bitch. <laughs> dude, I, I don't know if I can deal with watching Bobby die. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The, oh, you don't think you can deal with Bobby dying again? No, dude, I can't, I can't watch that again. I can't watch that again. I can't see that. Plus, you said the rise of Dick, and I really yeah. don't want that to happen either. Oh, come on. <laughs> I hate. Dude. What if the Leviathans look better in this alternate universe? They yeah. look like, like, they actually look like something that would, you know. They look like white jizz rather than black jizz? Oh. Yeah. And they're killed by, a, you know, a Clorox instead yeah. of Borax. <laughs> well, that cleans semen pretty good. How would you know? Hmm. <laughs> anyways I, I obviously I think we'll see more of, of the Bobby we know the more we get and it makes sense yeah. him spending more time with Mary who is different than the one he knew him spending some more time with Jack I mean Jack's a very lovable character it makes sense that he would have some effect on Bobby as a person he already has in the one episode we saw 
you know, Bobby has no trust in the kid because of who he is or what he is more accurately. But then once it's revealed that Jack is on their side and the power that he has, Mm -hmm. he's immediately switching gears. Part of me is a little afraid that they may play this Bobby very differently and he can see Jack as a tool or a weapon Mm. rather than as a person. this episode, yeah. Ooh, but it, that, that would be interesting. It'll depend on how far they go with how different this character Do is. Do we really want to see a completely jerk Bobby, dark side Bobby? Not just a different Bobby, but a dark side Bobby. You know what, I though? don't think so. But what if he did use him as a weapon? Who, who really gives a shit? The angels are yeah. terrible. Yeah. Like, would I, anybody I mean, be against it's that? The choice, it's, it's the difference between Jack helping because he wants to, free team free will, and then Bobby is no different than original Zachariah telling Dean, I need you to help do what I want to do to save the world. It's the same character then. Yeah. He will yeah, use but- Jack for his own means, damned what he wants. But I don't think they'll take him that dark necessarily because I think seeing him become more like the old Bobby, like you said, Ryan, would play more into this world while it is darker and different isn't necessarily that different depending on how events transpire you may have a similar character but saying that thomas i also wouldn't be surprised if they did take him dark side because of how shitty that world is and also possible looking at jack saying holy shit this is our ultimate wmd we can take care of all these shithead angels like but does then jack become a superhero figure where you don't have to have him be utilized as a weapon he can be an inspiration right. and, and i think and that's the thing i think you could totally spin it that route what also to this does is you know maybe the fight doesn't end on earth 2 and that's how we effectively get jack out of earth 1 and say hey he's going to stay in earth 2 and help fight the fight as it doesn't end at the end of this season well there's a lot to lend credence to that idea i mean one this world is totally fucked right we even see a little bit of them trying to control his mind by pretending to be Castiel and showing how good things were and that you have to be the one to save them. The fact that he has that kind of power, that he can just smite the angels out of the air without you know, yeah. getting winded even, is this where he's meant to be? Yes. Is this how you write this character off, lock them away, and give him true purpose to do some good? This is his proper sandbox. If, yeah. if he right. goes back to our Earth, Earth Prime, it's just going to create too many problems, especially because he's, he's too getting, dangerous. He's getting more and more powerful. Plus, yes, he's dangerous, and he and he already is aware that he can accidentally kill people. Right. Whereas in this world, he can't accidentally kill people as easy. It's There's a, war- a clear threat to point the gun at. It's a war zone. This might be a good place for us to leave Jack. Maybe he doesn't become the Anakin of the story. Maybe he doesn't break our hearts. Maybe he becomes something different. We already know that he is. Well, if we want to believe Castiel's words when Kelly. Klein dropped the uh, the belly on his hand and he had visions of the future and potential outcomes. What did Castiel say? Castiel said that he is destined to save us. He will fix the earth. Now, what did it mean ours? What earth was he talking about? I mean, the Winchesters already are important to this earth. Do we really want to take that away from them? It would kind of make sense that if possibly this could be Jack's destiny. To save is Jack this the earth. savior of this earth right. while the Winchesters are the savior of, of Earth one? Yeah, yeah, it would make sense. And to me, it'd be a very neat, like not, you know, cool, but neat and tidy way in which you could have his character written off. That doesn't kill him. That doesn't, as Mike said, have him break our heart, but makes the most sense. And with that prophecy from Castiel and from Kelly Klein, 
fuck, dude, that makes perfect sense as to how you would write this unbelievably powerful WMD off the script without breaking the show, without having the question of, well, what if he just goes evil one day? Yeah. You know, having him stay in a world in which truly needs his help that could be saved by his powers, I think that's brilliant. I think it's the best way you could do that. And Castiel, in some way, alludes to that a little bit, where he talks about, in this episode, the premonitions of war, that he feels like he was brought back for a reason. What if, and he's fucked up in his mind, He, you know, Lucifer's out, Kelly's dead, he couldn't help Jack as he wanted to, yeah. Jack's lost. But is he there for some other reasons to prepare for war? And we really do see the old soldier that is Castiel come back into play now, which I loved that. I loved seeing him go back to his roots, go back to a more darker, grizzled, I have to make this decision whether you like it or not. It's the right decision to yeah. make as far as Donatello is concerned. And I think him talking to Dean, that the, the key phrase to the entire episode was, we do what we do whatever it takes. And in some respects, that's what Jack's going to do. That's what Castiel's going to do. And that's what Sam and Dean have to realize they may have to do, whether they want to or not. I think Mary's kind of already there. You know, we've seen she's more battle-hardened than we anticipated. Yeah. I mean, her talking to Jack, like, yeah, he's going to torture and kill me, so uh, don't give in. She's so down. She's so fucking hard. What is it called? DTF? DTF. Yeah, down yeah. to fuck. <laughs> yeah, she's so down. Yeah, God bless her. God bless her heart and her yeah. vagina. Okay, <laughs> every time. Every time, dude. This yeah. is why you two would be the worst students in class. I got great grades in co- in college and school. I was just a shithead. College, college and school. And school. <laughs> <laughs> well, college, the there's thing. no there's college. There's elementary school. There's high school. They don't call college school. They call they it college. Do. You're in school. I call it college. It's a thing. Oh, my God. It's not a thing. Anyway. Shut up, Thomas. That line makes the most sense for where the show could ultimately go. How Castiel still can play an important role in this show moving forward. And it makes me think of season five where they were fighting all kinds of demons with the angels, against the angels, trying to make those decisions. Jack is the embodiment of the new team free will. Yeah. Michael is back in play. Lucifer is back in play. Mm Mm-hmm. Sam and Dean have to help make the decisions going forward, but Castiel is the soldier who will be there to do the darker, unfriend, like unnice, unkind things yeah. that has to be done. The shit that has to get done, you know. And and the thing is, like war, war isn't pretty, and that's no. what's coming. And I think Castiel is willing to do, like you said, willing to do whatever the fuck it takes to get shit done to stop this from happening. And, and you know that- what, Ryan, that brings up. Yeah, that's a great point because it leads to a question I have. Yeah. Maybe you can answer this if you yeah. have some thoughts on it. Okay. Sam and Dean ha- have been through it all. Yeah, they've done everything. They're burnt out. Right. Th- that's the reason why they're changing. And yeah. I like it because it makes sense to their character evolution and their growth. There may have been a time when you were willing to do this. Right. Yeah. But now you've seen the bodies. You have lost the loved ones. You know how it ends. Yes. So are you willing to do it again if it means more deaths? And that's, I think it's leading to a question. I think this is Dab posing a question. Is Sam and Dean not ready for this again? Yeah. Are are they not going to pull the trigger when they need to? You see that that with Donatello. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a great question, Mike, because if you really look at it in the fact that if this was Sam and Dean from season four or season five, they would have not even fucking hesitated 
to do what they needed to do because Sam it stopped the apocalypse. An innocent woman to get the powers of drinking demon blood to kill Lilith. Right. So I think he wouldn't have hesitated. Yeah. I, the, I think they've seen so much shit. It's just too much. And I think I'm glad, you know, the whole can, we've always had this, you know, this conversation about should have cast died last year and all this stuff. But this was a very effective way to bring old cast back and said, Hey guys, I know that you're tired. And I know that this might be a ending, you know, an ending of everything here. This of proportions, if you know, Michael comes over and shit. Now we got Apocalypse 2.0. So I understand that you guys are tired, but at the end of the day, I am not going to let you know Donatello stand your in my exhaustion. way. Your exhaustion stand in my way of stopping and the promise that I made to to Kelly and her yeah. and Jack. I can get behind that, and and, and I'm okay with that. And, and I the think threat that they're currently facing yeah and i think i'm okay with that and i think it was a good writing decision. it was a very good writing decision and i because think because it's very telling it is and it's yeah. it showed it showed us that sam and dean have been through so much mm-hmm. and you know they're just fucking tired yeah now do i think that they will hesitate when the time comes and they need to actually be violent no no but but there's that question there the question yeah. still being posed for the for the audience sake right yep Plus, there's a difference between push comes to shove. Will they make a tough decision and kill someone or will they make a dis- definitive, calm, calculated decision to take someone's life? Right. And that's kind of been the big difference. with. Now, that. let me ask you guys a question since we're on this topic. Obviously, killing someone on Earth one, a human being, you know, or someone is frowned upon by them. What about on Earth two where it's a war zone and th- there's clear lines as far as who's bad and who's not. And so I've always, we've always had that question where it's like Sam and Dean won't kill a human or, and they have, but I'm just saying like, that's their kind of motto. Try try to not outright. Right. So on earth two, what if that's the case where they, they, they get forced with that decision and do you you make that decision quick because of, Hey, this is earth two. It's a shithole. Like, I think some of that depends on the situation you're in. I mean, when you look back at season five, there were battle lines drawn and they killed numerous demons and angels, both of which possessed normal people. Hold on. Uh, Brian just posed the question, Thomas, of whether or not you drop the nuke again on Japan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Essentially. Yeah. That's essentially the question I asked. And no, I don't think Sam and Dean would make the decision to kill people on another world. Let's say in order to close the gate. In order to close the portal for Michael not to come through and destroy this earth, let's say it meant they needed to kill everybody on that planet or in that earth, the apocalypse world. Mm-hmm. No, they're not going to make that decision because they know it's a very real world yeah. with, with people that have souls that go to their version of heaven in the, in the grand scope of things. It's no different than their world. I don't think they want to be responsible for taking the lives of millions of people. Yeah, I think, again, it also comes down to how are you making this decision? I remember distinctly in season five when they would go through, there was one part where they went through a house where a bunch of demons were like a base encampment when the war was really going on. And they're just shooting with a cult, stabbing with right. the knife of the Kurds. Yeah. They're not giving a fuck about hosts and vessels, whether it's angel or demon. When you're in the thick of it, you don't make those decisions consciously. But when you have your finger quote over the button and you have to make that decision for another group that doesn't immediately involve your fight or flight response. Right. I think Mike's right with what they've gone through at this point. They, they won't stand to have that much blood on their hand. Hmm. So, all right. 
guys, do not forget that the RMD Premium Live Video Access and Quarterly Gift Tier is here. We have boosted our quarterly gift tier on Patreon with the video access, so now not only will you receive exclusive gifts every quarter, but you can also get up close and personal, sometimes too personal, during our live shows and recording sessions. Super personal. All of this when you sign up for the Get Gifted plus live video access tier on our Patreon page. Over on patreon.com slash Digital. head over there to pledge. You guys can get exclusive RMD content gift tiers, as well as additional Supernatural, the Crossroads content, whether that is behind-the-scenes videos, hundreds of hours of bonus material, additional video cast episodes, the Supernatural, the Crossroads, Wayward Sisters edition, access to the Uh, premium live page, all for any tier option, or if you go higher to the $15 a month, you get all that and everything beneath it. And more moans. And more moans. How come every time Ryan moans, it sounds like a woman died of an orgasm? (laughs) She's falling down. She's just like... It sounds like like an orgasmic Wilhelm scream. Dude, (laughs) they should start using that in pornos. Hell yeah. It's in every porno. An orgasmic Wilhelm scream? That's just how it ends. The last sound you hear. Give us an example of one. Jesus. Oh, that's amazing. Here, let's compare it. Hold on. Right, it sounds it. exactly uh, like give, you described. Us, yeah. Oh. Hold on. Let's see. Give us a Wilhelm. <laughs> my God. This is amazing. Maybe. Yeah, I'll just fill my pipe. Huh? Wait, Wait, what? what? Oh, you're watching a porno already? <laughs> wow. You went right to porn? <laughs> just talk. I'll fight it in a second. Oh, wow, sir. Anyway, guys, if you want to see all that live and on the big screen, looking at Ryan's face as he does orgasm sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of sounds like it, right, Thomas? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Do it again, Ryan. Oh. Hit it. Oh. That's pretty close. Sounds like she's dying. <laughs> hey, man, if you make I a girl die from an orgasm, that's then a good you thing. win. You win. That's winning. <laughs> Do you really? I don't think uh, the cops well, don't think so. Well, well you know. anyway, if you guys want all that stuff. Head on over to patreon.com. <laughs> what are you talking about? Digital. The cops, it's all high fives, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I killed her with my dick. Oh. It's awesome. All right. They sorry. just high five into the crime scene. I'm a terrible person. Oh, we all know that. <laughs> now, uh, we got a lot of lore in this episode, not just from the apocalypse earth and seeing the ramifications of Mary's decision, but we got new stuff thanks to Donatello mm-hmm. and his not just from what he did with the demon tablet, but new characters introduced, which I was surprised by that they were they brought such a kind of interesting concept, especially when you look at the biblical history between Gog and Magog and what they could be and how they were just kind of a one off monster that was also played very comedic. I think it worked. I mean, for, I mean yeah. it worked. I was just surprised, I guess. It was funny, but a little bit of me was torn inside just because that lore is it cool. so it's good. It's fucking kind of cool, dude. And to make it comical, a joke. It, it did work. And it, I did chuckle, and it fit the scene. And we needed some levity at that point. Um, but at the same time. It could have been so much more. Don't squander yeah. Gog of Magog. I mean, that is some deep lore. That's stuff that you have to really fucking research to get any idea of what you're even talking about. I mean, the, and just all the little lines Castiel and Donatello had about these characters in this episode, that they were primitive creatures made of rock and sand. They spoke ancient Canaanite. They were warriors who conquered, quote, most of the Fertile Crescent. 
that they were banished to a place without time yeah. or a place without place, a time without time that they can be summoned to an open battlefield. And then you have to fight them that they have weapons that can, that were made by a God, not God made by a God mm-hmm. that can destroy angel blades, that they can only be killed by an object touched by God. like, how much new shit did they just introduce a lot in that there. paragraph alone? Yeah, and I know. I, let me contradict what I just said. Yes, why squander it, but at the same time, look what it does. It does bring a lot of... It brings something special to the forefront. It harkens us back to a time where we utilized this biblical lore and supernatural on a daily basis when during the Krebsky era. Yeah. So did it serve its purpose to kind of bring back that that flair, even what, even if it was just for one episode, yes. And I think in that instance, I think it's a it's a win. It's not a bad thing. If they had to bring back some lore, then why make it? Why if they had to utilize some lore for whatever reason as distraction, uh, as we find out? But why not use something cool? Yeah. Well, well I, why just use it as a distraction? Why not? It still expands the universe. It still expands on or builds upon what we know and our understanding of the world, and it feels consistent. It fix it fits with the continuity of of Christian mythology and and which is the the foundation of supernatural in a lot of yeah. ways. I mean, I just thought it was a neat aspect. I, I did, I did feel like maybe they use such a very cool lore thing for such a kind of just like meh moment. And I think, you know, I know that we like. Would you want them to use a, a shitty thing? That's what I'm saying. No, like, do you use I, shitty lore then? No, but, no, I, but you could use something like something we need else, the blood man. of yeah. a dragon and something that's already established that we haven't seen a lot of that they could go Don't kill. Don't bring something brand new and that that is very intriguing to turn it into like When you verbally dump all this idea. think about what you're saying, though. Isn't that cool then, though? They're, they're bringing this, an element in, Ryan, that is intriguing. Right. And then they're and not. now it's gone. Yes. I think it still did the job. I don't. The dis- I don't disagree. Do we have time to really delve no, into Gog and abs- Magog? No, yeah. no, absolutely not. But I think attorney. I think the fact that that kind of bugged me is that it became full on a comedy bit instead of having like one or two jokes thrown in there. But it was serious. I think that's what kind of bugged me about it. Um, My thing is that these characters would have been great for Monster of the Week. Or great as threats that they have to defeat to get one of the ingredients for the spell. Yeah. The fact that you have this proverbial verbal diarrhea of all the stuff that what they have all these weapons. This is how you kill them. This is where they're from. This is how you summon them. Don't worry about all the reasonings as to why. It was just so much information that could have been an entire monster of the week leading up to the spells in, you know, incarnation or incantation. Something about it could have been more into play. Than just having it for a solid five minute scene that ultimately served as a way for him to say, hey, get out of the building real quick. Okay, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, they could have done any other monster that we haven't seen a lot of as a reason for them to leave. So use a shittier idea so that you can get rid of it is what you're saying. Kind of. Don't waste a cool idea on a throwaway moment. I listen the the uber Judeo Christian fan nerd in me that loves those elements and how I want it to be utilized in Supernatural all the time agrees with you. But to be objective about it, why not use something that's cool as just a stepping stone to get from A to B? It doesn't. It not, reminds not me of every, season six. 
where you bring this cool and, uh, idea into no, play. No, season six strung you along for it seven, did. eight episodes, and it then it did. amounted to nothing. This was just a simple distraction of sorts using a cool concept. I'm not saying it didn't work for what they were trying to do. I felt like the potential for what it could have been was so much greater. It yeah. had it been a monster of the week rather than just this five minute just a scene that became kind of a joke. Although I do like the idea of that they're trapped in a place without place and a time without time. Because the first thing I thought of was that pocket mm. dimension that that soul eater had where Bobby and, and, and Bobby and Dean saw each other across time and space. That's kind of what I first imagined. But there's also another idea that was introduced just this season that could be where they come from or where they're banished to, which is the empty. A place without place, a time without time. Do you think it's just throwaway line or do you think we're meant to kind of focus on that a bit? Is, because, is there meaning to that? Because of how the characters were handled and how they were just this short five minute distraction. I think it's just throwaway. I truly do. Another reason why I feel like it would have been cooler to see more of it, even if it was just a Monster of the Week episode. Yeah, you and I are completely thinking differently because I looked at it as being a throwaway because the focus is that line of dialogue. A place without a place. You felt like that's specifically like hearkening that, to the empty? I felt like that was the... No, not that it necessarily meant the empty. That they were using Gog and Magog to kind of explain a new concept that will tie into something we may even, we may already know about. That I'll give you, yes. That I could see it as being another kind of, you know, different dimension or pocket dimension like the Soul Eater, that there's more to this fabric of a universe than we really understand. I kind of also like the idea that theoretically you could have them, if they aren't human, aren't living, maybe they could come back again and again. If anybody could go out to a field and say this incantation, if they're in a place without place and a time without time, could you not theoretically summon them again? They're this infinite looping purgatory almost where they always can fight. I thought that was cool. I see the potential behind that statement. I'm just not sure if they meant it in a way that we'll really see the benefit of. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, I actually, yeah, I think Thomas and I are on the same page. I, you know, in the chat room, people are hating on this episode. And I think I'm just trying to balance the scales because yeah. everyone's and very I, hate, hateful on this episode. I think the thing is like, I, I, and if everyone in, in the chat room, I, I didn't hate this part. I just think that it was, it was, it was neat to see the lore. I just think that there could have been a little bit more with it and they could have not pushed it off as such a comedy thing. Hold on. Jen in the chat room says, I love you, but I think you want to love this show so much that sometimes you go a long way around to try to defend some aspects. I think you need to understand me a bit more because I think I'm the farthest thing from that. I'm very objective. Yes, I'm a fan of the show. If you listen to any show we review on the network, I don't care if it's one that the showrunners listen to themselves. If I feel like they made a fuck up, they fucked up. I yeah. mean, we we introduced an entire song last year to death. <laughs> that's very true. We hated on season 12 the yeah. entire year. So that's not true. I, I'm very objective when I do my discussions. There are certain things that I feel like people like to nitpick. This is a nitpick era. We all have a voice. We all talk on the internet. Mm-hmm. We all ha- think we're better writers. I, we all think that we can do that. I know I'm not. The others. <laughs> <laughs> so I think everyone knows that. Yeah. So I just wanted to justify a bit there. That I will go a long way to justify myself. <laughs> He's got to justify it. Because I, I feel like we do a very good job being objective. We're not going to nitpick everything because this is a fan show. Um, 
but also at the same but, time, we also don't blow an episode yeah. that we don't think is great. I mean, didn't two episodes ago We've I enjoyed the show, but I gave it a C? We destroyed it. Yeah, yeah we weren't. The thing yeah. is, like, I, I think for me, the show every episode isn't going to be fucking perfect. No, it's not Schindler's List every episode. I have to just <laughs> drop Schindler's List since I the feel one like that's the one classic theme. movie you know. <laughs> <laughs> the only, the only Academy Award the winning, only award yeah. winning uh, movie he actually name knows. another yeah uh, Shape of Water two yeah, oh it's up yeah. one that one yesterday I told you Hurt that Locker. before we started Hurt talking Locker. this is a con- no you fucking cheater this is a conversation we had before you the show you have got at started. least sometimes back me up Thomas Jesus Christ no. I was gonna try to once go- I am memorable I will back you up <laughs> well you're not memorable now I'm gonna make sure nobody remembers you you fucker <laughs> oh <laughs> see this is why that's why I don't defend you. God, that's fucked up, man. I was going to go, like, sound smart there. No, I and, I, I and, and I'm not saying anything bad about Jen in the chat room. I, I totally get where she's coming from, Thomas. But at the same time, we, we do a lot of behind-the-scenes work on these shows, mm-hmm. and we discuss whether or not we're going to nitpick or we're going to maintain an objective approach. Yeah, right. And I mean, even because if your you point, want a trolley show, just hash look at hashtags on Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, if you want us to troll a show, how fun is that going to be? If we troll and trash a fucking episode? Oh, this episode's garbage. Castiel sucked a fat cock. Maybe they would like it then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Bobby sucked, sucked dick. Dean's Why cock. do you bring him back? Uh, where's Chuck? Dab sucks. It wouldn't be a discussion. It would be a hate fest. And you can see that. Fuck. Go to a comment section on YouTube and enjoy that. Yeah, that's that, that's literally. <laughs> that will never be this show. Yeah, it will never ever. Be we try and look at the good things that were done and what you what were the strengths of the decisions that were made. We're not saying that every decision they made was good. And I'm raising yeah. my voice, but I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm raising my Sexually voice. Frustrated. Yes, I'm raising my <laughs> voice for emphasis. I tell that to my son as well. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> when he says I'm yelling, I'm like, I'm yelling. I mean, I right there, what you said though, Mike, with the fact that we all think we're better writers. I'm sitting here like they should have done a whole monster of the week episode. What the fuck do I know? Yeah, you know, <laughs> like the season isn't perfect. No, no, you know what? Fuck both of you guys. I'm the smartest motherfucker in here, okay, and no I know that. what I'm talking about. Okay, so if you don't agree with what I say, <laughs> fuck you. And how about that? Nobody believes that. Yeah, nobody believed that. Now, despite Gog and Magog being he a sucked. Dis- being a distraction. It was Fucking interesting. Fucking sucks. <laughs> it was interesting to see what happened with no. Donatello this episode. No. Now you sound like me. Jesus. Reel it in, Mike. Dial down the hate. C minus. <laughs> it was interesting to see a character. I'm just waiting for this to peter out. Just like I'm your the love fucking life. teacher in this scenario. Just like Johnny Magog. You two are the fucking students, <laughs> and I'm the teacher that has to deal with your shit week after goddamn Shut week. Shut up, Thomas. I have God. no parents that I can talk to and say your kid's been a little shithead. Fuck you. That's why I'm you're on opposite kidding. ends of the classroom. You see that? Yeah, if you put us next to each other, it'd be fucked. Now, despite Gog and Magog, I think it was interesting to see. <laughs> they did. What happened to Donatello with his reading of the demon tablet? So he basically, so I had a, a question about that. It wasn't, was it the demon tablet that was corrupting or was it the fact that he was working with Asmodeus and he had no it's soul? It's the fact that he has no soul peering into the power of God. What we've okay. seen that without a soul, people go from being super nice to not even giving a flying fuck that they've murdered people or just doing it because they wanted to at that moment. There's no morality 
to it. So if you tapped into the power like he did to control, to take away Dean's ability to breathe with just a word and a flick of the wrist, if you had that kind of access of power, if you became that powerful overnight and you had zero moral compass, why wouldn't you do whatever the fuck you wanted to do? Especially if he knows, which he kind of is, that he's being used by Sam and Dean simply to get the spell. They don't really need him. They don't really want his help like they may have wanted Kevin's back in the day. But to have this character not have a soul, not have that filter, I did like to see what that power corrupting could do to a character. And the fact that Castiel was the one who ultimately made that decision to have to end him, that was a very dark moment in the show. One of my favorite moments of this episode was how dark that got for a moment. I... Okay, the only question I had, Thomas, is is how is this going to affect Castiel? Having that knowledge now in his head, locked away, knowledge that he probably shouldn't know. Yes, we know it affected Donatello in a way because of not having a soul. Humans and prophets have the ability to resist the urges of darkness. However, how is it going to affect Castiel? And did the writers write themselves into a corner in such a way as to ha- now they will never be able to utilize that demon tablet as a way to create an issue or a or use it any longer as a writing device to create uh, some hurdles because now all answers are in Castiel's head. I thought it worked fine. Okay. And so do you think this is Dab sidelining it and getting rid of it like I he has so. done? Okay. Yes, because right. to me, because that's ta- what I got from the it. tablets were kind of a cool concept in season seven. But the problem with them to me was that they were this catch-all of unlimited power and always had the answers. For example, the fact that the angel tablet and the demon tablet have the same recipe as to how you rip a hole in reality. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Leviathan tablet was only ever seen, mentioned, heard of, talked about in season seven. Yeah. The fact that they always had like another page, another spell that could be pulled out of it. I don't like, I never really liked that idea. I liked what they could have been. I didn't like what they turned them into. So to me, this is another way of Dab writing out something we no longer need to see anymore. Yeah, you got to retcon some shit. With Donatello being brain dead, they can always have him die at some point. And then there's a new prophet, which would work just fine, who could read it. Yeah. Or keep that information Uh, to Castiel. Keep that information to Castiel and you don't need anybody else because we know that Metatron knew all the content of those tablets in the first place. Yeah, he didn't. He, he was already kind of fucked up. I don't know necessarily that they corrupted him. So Castiel having that knowledge to me just means that he may have uh, an ace up his sleeve should Michael appear to defeat Lucifer, something he could use ultimately well, as a potentially as a send-off for him did we, sacrificing himself did we ever really think donatello without his soul was ever going to last that long anyways i, like, I let's, don't think let's so. be, i was waiting for it to yeah, blow up let, in let's be honest like every time we've seen someone without their soul they either die or they get their soul back and we weren't going to get he wasn't going to get his soul back so i do like how they touched on that they gave a clear definitive answer that amara ate it there's nothing to yeah, it's back. like dude you're not getting that back like i just think as 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 much as it, you know, people kind of liked Donatello. I was just like, "Hey, whatever, dude. The guy's brain dead. Who gives a shit?" Like, it didn't bother. It me. didn't bother me. I'm like, "Fuck him," you know. Like, I just like that Castiel made that dark decision because yeah. it does that for him. Point. For him, yeah. I think it pushed him back into soldier mentality. He will do what needs to be done, whatever it takes, even if Sam and Dean don't want to. Because right. again, we said this throughout this episode. They've seen too much bloodshed 
That's what Castiel is born and bred for. If he needs to do it, then he'll be the one to do it. And I like seeing that more than I like seeing him just get sidelined because of Superman syndrome again. Right. So from that, we finally know that we need four major ingredients in order to bring about the spell to open the door. Grace of an archangel, which we knew. A fruit from a tree of life. Mm. The seal of Solomon and the blood of a most holy man. Now, some people I saw on Reddit were saying, well, I guess they're going to kill the Pope. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Guys, wow, that's, that's a little fucking dark. He's not that holy. What if, what if there's a guy that this guy <laughs> shot up? He's a holy man. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Brave. I had to say that stupid joke. Come on. Now, I'm interested <laughs> in some of this because this definitely is where they set up how the season's going to go. Simple Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that drop has ever been that good with what I just said. That might be the best one. <laughs> these these items are clearly where they're moving the rest of this season, that we need this the fruit from a tree of life, the seal of Solomon. I mean, that's going to be the next few episodes. We already know the next episode's called A Most Holy Man. We know that's what they're going after. Spoiler first. alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> There's going to be a guy shot up. But again, this is a great example to me of why I like this show so much because yeah. they came up with new concepts that we haven't seen that they still get to have some new lore thrown in. I it's mean, shit. Okay. Is, is Mike <laughs> tapping out for the rest of this fucking episode? <laughs> no, he's just going to hit the drops. I'm, I'm just going to be a YouTube comment. <laughs> you suck. It's fucking shitty. <laughs> You're terrible. All right. Penis then. is small. <laughs> it's crooked. Thumbs down. <laughs> Thumbs down. I, now, if you look at what the Super Wiki pulled when it for, uh, as for these ingredients, yeah, when it comes to the four ingredients here, uh, the Tree of Life is a mythological archetype that spans many religions and cultures. We already know that the Sea of Solomon, the Seal of Solomon, was a signet ring which belonged to King Solomon, which granted him with the abilities to command demons and jinn or to speak with animals it was believed that the demon asmodeus mm. obtained the ring by taking solomon's form and tricking one of his wives yeah, yeah, and look. ruled over solomon's st- stead for 40 days until it was lost in the sea that's right so solomon had more than one wife well, he had concubines too yeah. he was a true player <laughs> yeah true player for real i yeah. like all the lore there but that's what ryan takes away well dude he like, banged multiple chicks yeah, yeah. simple jack <laughs> <laughs> dude you could like that was all lore and it's like yeah one of his wives now before we conclude the show thomas and mm-hmm. ryan taking all these new things we've learned about supernatural this season and with all the moving pieces they already have in play they have introduced a couple new concepts i don't think they're standalone concepts i think these concepts are can be drawn back to and possibly possibly be connected to some of these other moving pieces i don't think these are new ideas and if they were we might be a little or we should be a little nervous introducing a, a massive element yeah. you know, at episode 14 when we already have a lot of moving parts. So that being said, all the new expansion of the lore, the world building, do you feel like they're standalone moments or are they going to tie back to our moving pieces? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a mix. Do you, I think- you think some of these are new ideas? I think some of these are new ideas, um, like the blood of a most holy man 
in some well, way. But that's also connected to opening the portal. And that's why I'm saying it's kind of a mix because some of these things, as we see with the Seal of Solomon, directly tie to a character that's already there, which explains why we'd bring a character into play in the first place if you wanted to have this shape-shifting, you know, forever-existing entity of Asmodeus the demon play into it. If you wanted to have the grace of an archangel play into it that we know from the beginning of the season. But I think it's a mix of this is a new idea, but it's not something that's completely out of left field if that makes sense and i think it fits for the spell that they're trying to do it fits thematically it fits with kind of what they're trying to do the the idea that you rip a hole in reality requires great sacrifice the blood of the of a, a most holy man archangel grace there's only four in any reality well that we know of you know a single item that may be in the hands of a demon or lost millennia ago it's a lot more difficult. But my question was, are they dis, are they connected or not? And I, I think that these, because comments I've read on, on Twitter, mm-hmm. because I do like to troll hashtags and find out what's happening with the fandom. And, and yes, there were some complaints about lots of moving pieces. But mm-hmm. these moving pieces, I think, are parts of those pieces. I don't think they're introducing new new lore per se. They're expanding on what we know and our knowledge. Yeah, I think this episode was more about under moving the actual myth arc forward, yeah. looking at how the landscape actually is laid out per se. I guess in Earth Two, how it's going to affect Jack, what's going on with Mary, Mike, where Michael, Mike, where we best friends now. Apparently, <laughs> you and him are real Mike. close. Yeah, me and Mike. You know, man, we went out that one time. We play softball together. <laughs> he plays shortstop. I play second base. We turned up plays all day. Apparently, you're from the South as well. And I drive a truck. Yeah. <laughs> with Bobby. <laughs> Anyways, I, I don't see any things beside the Gog of Magog aspect and the little line drop of the place in a place where time stands still, whatever. A place the, without a place, time without time. I think that might be a clue to something, but other than that, I I don't think we got anything that we need to stress out about where we're introducing new elements to the show. No, I don't think so. I think that's a little bit too nitpicky. It's just, it's some cool references to things that exist. And and Supernatural's done this before. I mean, the ingredients to the bone weapon that would kill Dick Roman, Oh, the ingredients to nearly any spell they had. I mean, even the piece of paper that you read, is from the French mistake, pa, 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 the, the same spell idea that allowed Balthazar to send them to a different dimension. I don't. I think it's getting a little too nitpicky at that point. So real quick, we're going to do rapid succession. Ryan, what did you give this episode overall? Uh, I would give this one. I, 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 Jesus Christ. Uh, B plus. I liked the episode. I thought there was a little, I, I liked it a lot. I just, the, that the Magog thing, I, it was a little weird for me, but it wasn't bad. Didn't ruin it. Um, I agree with Mike. It is a little, this stuff that we have coming up for the ingredients kind of concerned me. And I think that was really where I was at. Like, okay, this is a little late in the game to be, you know, to be hit. They did it. To me, it doesn't bother me because they did it in season eight. Even didn't they introduce the concept of the horsemen? The horsemen show up in like episode five or seven, the very first one. And then it, it wraps up fairly quick. So I'm, I'm not saying I don't have faith because I do. I just, 
they have to do it the right way. And we say this all the time. They got to do it in the right way. Well, they do. They absolutely have to do this in the right way. I, I would say. Got to move those hips the right way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To me, it's no different than season eight where you had the demon tablet telling you yeah. how to close the gates of hell. You had three trials. Right. This, the demon tablet tells you how to open up a portal. You need four ingredients. Right. It's a roughly the same time period sure. in that season. I, 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 I think it'll work so long as the pacing is done right. Yeah. Um, yeah. B plus for me. Um, oh. I, I still, one of the things I do want to blow real quick is the way the apocalypse world looks. Holy shit. Every time we see more of that, I get super geeked out by it. Yeah, that. Oh. <laughs> um, we get, <laughs> oh. Now, whenever I hear that, I'm going to just hear Ryan immediately after. Yeah. So I, I do. <laughs> God, that sounds so bad when you do it in rapid succession. That's what you do. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. All right. You're done. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Mike, what do so you give this episode? Legitimately. Hold on a second. All right. Um, Stop beating off over there. <laughs> I feel like this episode was a B. Uh, it, it covered a lot of ground. Narrative ground. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm looking at this episode. Uh, there are some pacing issues. I don't feel like Meredith Glenn is the best writer on the writing staff. I feel like she's gotten a lot better. Right. When we look at some of the episodes from last year, I know we weren't the biggest fans. We didn't hate on her, but I know we disliked the Hitler episode. But since then, she has kind of managed to kind of carve out her own style. And I feel like she is learning what it's what she should do in order to write a decent episode of Supernatural. It was an average episode. Uh, the visual effects were on point. The color palette for apocalypse earth yeah. is just amazingly gorgeous it's not just desaturation which is kind of the the low budget go-to when you do like uh dystopian futures or like an apocalypse you just uh, we're just gonna lower the saturation this is a lot more than that this is the colorist going in there and actually picking certain colors to y- showcase yes yeah and that's a huge huge thing for me so b that's a b uh, I'm going to give this episode a B plus as well. I agree with Ryan. I liked a lot of it, and I do think it did a great job moving the narrative forward. Mm-hmm. I do. I was bothered by Gog and Magog, and I did feel like so- it had some plot structure, some pacing issues to the episode. But overall, I enjoyed a lot of what Gog was given. Gog suck. What a lot of what was given to us, a lot of new information, and as we've coined on this show, I'm a, definitely a lore whore. So for me, this had enough to keep me going all the way to the end. He didn't like Gok and my Gok. Oh. I didn't like <laughs> Suck your my cock. My cock. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it here for us guys Wait, at Supernatural: it? The Crossroads. Yeah, we're yes, done, motherfucker. We, we're running over. We got other yeah. shit to oh. do. If you're in the video and you're a Patreon pledger, um, we will continue the show. Going right into a Patreon video cast. Yes, we're going to stop the current video you're watching and we'll relaunch a new video for our video cast recording momentarily. So for that, guys, that'll be it for Supernatural The Crossroads. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to us. Mm-hmm. Check us out on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And we will see you all next week. If yeah. I can find the intro. Or if the you can a- find or- the outro. Oh, the outro. Yeah, we're yeah. not doing a second episode immediately <laughs> Jesus after. Christ. And we're back. Jesus. He's, guys, it's a shit show. This is why he needs sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Where, what are we holding on to? I'm trying to find the ending The ending of the show. Don't. Don't. Wilhelm scream orgasm just yet. Oh, oh. Is that just going, what, you what you're going to do until the I, end of the show? The end of the show is here. Okay. <laughs> what, I, don't, I don't care what it is. There. We're, bye. <laughs> and now that 
thrill of thrills, the ultimate goal of every ambitious skier, the ski jump. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt. 